Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. We need you. We need an encounter with you, O God, that will allow us to know that you are still God. And we ask, dear God, that you will bless us on this day with wisdom from your divine hand. I pray, dear God, that everyone under the sound of my voice and those who are streaming will be able to encourage themselves because you are still God. And in the midst of trials and tribulations, you reign supreme forever. So we bless your name, dear God, in spite of what we see. We bless your name in spite of what we've heard. And we just thank you for another day, another Sabbath experience. We thank you for your word and the power of your word and the healing power that your word releases upon us. We bless your holy name. And now as we go forward in preaching and teaching, Lord, I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you for a miracle through me, not me, but through you, O oh God, so that your people will hear from you. I ask all of these blessings in the mighty and precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And the church said, Amen. It is such a blessing to be present with all of you and to have the privilege of worship. As I pray about my sermon today, realizing that it's so Health Awareness Month, I said, Lord, is there a word for your people regarding our mental health and our state of mind? And the Lord said, yes, why don't you go over to Second Chronicles? And look at chapter 20. I will read verse number 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. 
Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. I'm so thankful for ministry, and I'm thankful for May being a significant month. Not only do we acknowledge that we need to take care of ourselves mentally, we need to take care of ourselves emotionally and spiritually and physically. I didn't realize till I read the newsletter again that May is also a month of celebrating older Americans. I'm in that number now, so I appreciate that very much. May is National Stroke Awareness Month, and we need to be aware of what a stroke is like and how is it that we avoid to ha stop having strokes or to avoid them. May is also High Blood Pressure Awareness Month. Somebody's already cooking ribs and pork for tomorrow and thinking about Memorial Day feast, but just be gentle on your body. And also on this day, I thank God that we have a chance to remember those who have served our country and those who have blessed us so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I thank God for essential workers around the world and I thank God for the privilege of the essential workers who reside at Pleasant Grove Church in Cary, North Carolina. None of this would be possible without people who are committed to the ways of God. A few weeks ago, Dr. Paula Smith-Sawyer made arrangements for us to have a Zoom call with Dr. Tammy Moore to talk about some of the impacts of COVID-19. I appreciated that conference because there were people around the country and she gave us great guidelines on things that we could do to remain healthy during this season. Dr. Moore said that most of us will avoid getting physically sick by following the CDC guidelines of hand washing and wearing a mask and social distancing. And our mental health, however, will be taxed by these guidelines because as you've seen on CNN, and on MSNBC, there are some of us who do not want to follow guidelines regardless of what they are. And Dr. Moore says that I've dubbed the coronavirus a lonely virus. She went on to say that population viewed most at risk for contracting COVID are our elders and our seniors. And she also said to us that isolation and loneliness are key factors. And the research has shown that social isolation is dangerous for mental health, especially for the elderly. What I have also discovered, Jade, is that spiritual isolation is also dangerous. Is that we need each other. We need to know that others are praying for us. And we need to care about us. And social isolation and loneliness can have a great negative impact on us. So what I want to do today is encourage all of us to reach out to those around us and to reach out to those who might be isolated to let them know that they are, rem they are remembered and that God is still God. We need to take Jay's advice and speak over ourselves and encourage. You ever had to encourage yourself? You ever had to say, okay, it's time for me to encourage myself? Because what we discover in life is that trouble comes live and it doesn't matter if you are brown, red, or green. It doesn't matter what state you live in, but life has trouble.
And what I have discovered is that you can only get through trouble if you have trust in God. Jehoshaphat teaches us four important lessons. And that is that God hears our prayers and supplications, that God moves through fasting and praying, and God responds to our praise and our worship. If you want to get God's attention, you ought to praise God just a little bit. And every now and then, you ought to lose yourself in worship so that God knows that you remember who he is. Because God responds to our praise and worship. And fourthly, God delivers on his promises. Can I get a witness? I can bear witness that everything that God has promised me and even more, I have received in the name of Jesus. God is so good that I have received things that I don't deserve, but because God is a loving God, I have received my blessings. In chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles, we find Jehoshaphat in a situation we find ourselves in at some point in our lifetime. He is surrounded by a coalition of enemies, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Edomites. Now and then we will find ourselves surrounded by the enemy. Some of us may call COVID-19 the enemy. Have you ever been surrounded by the enemy? Have you ever felt that you had no way out? Well, I'm here today to tell you that as long as there is a God, that there is a way out. You might ask, who is the enemy? The enemy is the one that is antagonistic to another. The enemy is the one who injures. The enemy is the one who overthrows. The enemy is the one who is harmful. The enemy is the one who whispers death in your ear. The enemy is the one who tells you what you cannot do. The enemy is the one that tells you what you cannot be. The enemy tells you what you cannot accomplish. But because God is still God, the enemy has to yield to the power of Almighty God. And so the writer of Chronicles declares that when the men of the desert were reported to be on the march against Judah, that the king did not turn his thoughts to his army, but to God. The first lesson we need to understand is that when you get in trouble, don't look for your relatives and friends. Don't look for your sisters and brothers. Don't call the pastor and the deacons that there are times when you have to turn yourself to God and begin to speak to the God that you have relationship with. So in life, we make choices which determine our fate. The Chronicle was striving to teach that if we forget the God of righteousness in our responses to life, challenges, we will go amiss. We need to understand that many of us now are where we are because we made bad decisions even though God coached us otherwise. The Lord said, go left, and you decided, oh no, I'm going right. The Lord said, go north, and you said, oh no, I'm going south. So we have to understand that God is always waiting for us to come back home. Many of us are challenged to be a Christian. It's a challenge to be a wife, a challenge to be a husband, a challenge to be a friend, the challenge to be faithful, the challenge to hope honest, unbiased, unselfish, optimistic, the challenge to love people who do not love you, the challenge to be kind to people who disrespect you. 
the challenge to monitor your own temperament and not tell people what you really think. The challenge to remind yourself that now I belong to Jesus and these words are no longer appropriate. The challenge to stand up for justice, all injustice all around us, and to speak a word of encouragement to those who need to be encouraged. The challenge to manage our trials and tribulations. And what I have discovered in life is that it doesn't matter how much we collect in material resources or how many uh, uh, things that we collect from around the world. And it doesn't matter if we have oriental rugs. It doesn't matter if we have hardwood floors. It doesn't matter what type of paint it is or what neighborhood that the enemy is going to find us somehow. And whenever in any challenges, we must display basic trust in absolute righteousness of God and the faithfulness of God. Can I get a witness? Because the psalmist says that God is our refuge and our strength. I love that, that God is our refuge and our strength. And that there ever present help in trouble, meaning that God is always around. Therefore, we will not fear. And though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, and though the waters may roar and foam and the mountains may quake with their surging, I know that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Thank God for his word. Thank God for the privilege of reading the word. The Lord Almighty is with us. Somebody needs to be reminded today that regardless of COVID-19, the Lord, our God, is with us. And the God of Jacob is our fortress. And we need to come and see what the Lord has done. In our text, Je uh, Jehoshaphat teaches us a great lesson about facing adversity as he receives the word that Judah was surrounded by outside forces. He immediately gathered the people for fasting and prayer. And he said to the people, it's time for us to go before God in prayer. That's one of the weaknesses of the Christian community is that we don't have time to pray. And we don't realize that God doesn't answer prayer based on your time. God answers prayer on God's time. And then to top it off, Jehoshaphat said, not only do I want you to pray, but I also want you to fast. And if you really want to have relationship with God, try fasting for an hour or two, and then move it to six hours, then 12 hours, and then maybe a day, and you will find that God speaks through the fast. So in this prayer, Jehoshaphat does four things. He recalls God's favor in the past. He affirms confidence in God. He articulates human condition, and then he turns to God to make a plea. What he teaches us here is that we need to learn more about God, Brother James and Brother Al, when things are good. We need to have relationship with God when things are cruising along so that when trouble comes that we know how to get in touch with God. Amen. And so while the enemy encourages us to become isolated, the Holy Spirit will lead us to call on our God in prayer. Jehoshaphat says, let's pray. And you see, he confronts his adversity with fasting and prayer, and he realizes the power of prayer moves God. The power of prayer ushers us into the presence of God. 
And the power of prayer helps us to understand who God is. You see, worship is not just worship. Worship leads us to a place of encounter with God. So the more we worship, the more of an encounter we will have with God. And God does great things when we seek him. And the Bible says that we should seek the Lord with our whole heart. Seeking leads to worship, and worship leads to trust, and trust leads to relationship. In Mark chapter 9, and verses 28 and 29, Jesus explained that prayer and fasting together were a source of significant spiritual warfare. It isn't as if prayer and fasting make us worthy to be blessed or do God's work. It's that prayer and fasting draw us closer to the presence of God. It's hard to eat chocolate cake and ice cream and fast and think about God at the same time. It's hard to go out and have a dinner and overeat and then get home and you're so relaxed you go to sleep without thanking God for the meal. So we need to understand that God ought to be a priority in our lives. And so Judah gathered today to ask help from the Lord. Church, I want to say to you is that if you are not being tracked down by the enemy, don't get arrogant. Your day is coming. If the enemy does not have your address yet, don't feel too comfortable. Your day is coming. And the word says that Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, oh, Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might? So you don't ask God questions like that unless you know God. There's some things that you don't ask other people unless you know them well enough to ask them. You don't ask a lady, what color is your hair, really? You don't ask a lady, is that a wig or is it yours? That, that's just some questions that you don't ask unless you know somebody well enough. You say, girl, you sure changed since last week. Can I just ask you a couple of questions? That's some questions you don't ask sisters, like how much do you really weigh? And what size jeans do you really wear? But sometimes when people get comfortable with us, they ask us all kind of questions like, how much did you pay for that? I know it's like when my husband, when I cook something that he really doesn't care for, he doesn't tell me, Brother James, that he doesn't like it. What he says, he'll say, did this take you a long time? And then I know that that's my hint. Don't ever use your time again. Just give me some plain great northern beans and some pork chops and I'll be fine. So Jehoshaphat asked God, are you not our God? Who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people? Where are you? I thought you were God of heaven and earth. And something interesting happens in this text. If you look at verse number 13, you will see that Jehaziel stood up in the middle of the assembly. Can you imagine that the king has called everybody, Kelly, into prayer? And then this Jehaziel stands up and he says, I have a prophecy from God. Now all of Judah with their little ones and their wives and their children stood 
before the Lord. But when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, it makes you do crazy things. It makes you sing out loud. It makes you shout in the Spirit. It makes you serve the hungry. It, it makes you volunteer to go to places that might not necessarily be all safe. But there's something about the Spirit of God moves you in a different direction. So, the, uh, so Jehaziel said to King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, don't be afraid nor dismayed, for the battle is not yours, but the Lord. People ask me, how do you survive as pastor of a church, a growing church, under construction and all of the things and the moving parts, and what about COVID-19, and what about the reopening task force, and what about this and what about that? My answer is, the battle is not mine. It's the Lord's. This is the Lord's house. And the Lord will allow whatever the Lord wants to happen. This is the Lord's church, and the Lord is watching over this church. But I thought it was fascinating that Jehaziel had enough presence of mind to get up to say what God had said to him. He said, tomorrow go down against them, and they will surely come up by the accent of Zig, and you will find them at the end of the brook. But you will not need to fight in this battle. He said to position yourself. Most of us are failing because we never position ourselves to receive a blessing from the Lord. What if they said, we're not going over there. They have three armies. We all broke down. Look at this. You want us to go over there and fight a battle? I know that's what you said. But if you believe and trust in God, you got to be willing to get up and do what God tells you to do. And so you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. And the word says that they position themselves. And when they got into position, Minister Benita, they realized that the Spirit of the Lord was upon them. And I love the fact that you will not need to fight. What is your position when you know that you need to hear from God? Are you on your knees? Are you in the shower? Are you in your prayer closet? But they got in position, and because they were obedient, the Lord was there to fight their battle. And the word goes on to say, as they saw the enemy coming, that the Levites began to worship God. So this also teaches us that when you get in trouble, don't drink alcohol. When you get in trouble, don't take drugs. When you get in trouble, don't take pain medication. When you get in trouble, start worshiping the Lord. When you, when you get in trouble, start telling God how much I love you, Lord for hearing my cries. I love you, Lord, for who you are. And the word says is as they got caught up in worship, they began to rejoice in the Lord. You see, what we learn here is that worship sets us free. Worship prepares us to get beyond ourselves and to see who God really is. The children, the Levites, the Korobites, and the Korobites stood up to praise the Lord. I'm looking forward to the day when we will stand up and praise the Lord. I'm looking forward to the day that regardless of our circumstances, that we will stand up and praise the Lord. 
I'm looking forward to the day when we thank God for nothing. I'm looking forward to the day when we can get up and say, Lord, I, I thank you that my eyes are still open. Lord, I, I thank you that I can still hear a little bit. Lord, I thank you that my mind is still in the right place. I think, oh Lord. Lord, I, I thank you that I laid down depressed, but I'm waking up happy in you. I thank God for my humble beginnings in Alabama. I thank God that I didn't grow up with material possessions, so I didn't get attached to anything. I thank God for my sisters and brothers, and I thank God for Mamie Brown, who had a store, a little store on the corner. And because we didn't want to wear the shoes that Mr. Carr had given us, which was those lace-up Oxford shoes, you know, those black and whites, and my daddy said we had to wear them, but I thank God that Miss Brown would give us cardboard boxes, and we would take the cardboard and put it in our shoes so we would be cute rather than be safe with shoes that were good. How crazy are we? I thank God for my grandma Lillian, who was a woman who loved the Lord, who was with the Lord at all times. And I thank God that every time you go to Grandma Lillian, she was prayed up about something. And we always had to have church. I thank God that her place of worship was her home and her heart was always with God. I thank God for the summer that I picked cotton. Because I said, Lord, if you ever let me get out of this cotton field, you won't have to worry about me going to college. I thank God that I made it through that experience. And I thank God for teaching me to pray in all situations. I thank God that I realize that God is keeping me and not me myself. I thank God for a savior who has already gone to glory. And I thank God for the promise that someday we will meet again. I thank God for the word that tells me that God is an awesome God. And if we truly love him, we ought to be able to stand up every once in a while and just lift holy hands and say, hallelujah, hallelujah, powerful is your name, O oh God. I thank God that every now and then that the spirit will overcome us and we'll be able to say, you are an awesome God and you're worthy to be praised. I thank God for a sanctuary that allows me to feel the presence of God and to know that God lives here. And I thank God for reigning and I thank God for promising me that I can be a part of the wedding of the Lamb who has come and his bride has made herself ready. I thank God by invitation that I could accept on my own that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I thank God for the victory in the valley, and I thank God for his mighty deliverance. Let us pray. Most holy and everlasting God, thank you for your word that says we must stand and see your salvation. So, Father, regardless of how many times the world knocks us down, we pray that you will give us the courage to get up, O oh God, and to continue on the journey that you have given us. 
Father, right now, someone under the sound of my voice has no relationship with Jesus Christ. No salvation, no understanding of the preparation that you have already made for them. So I pray, dear God, that your spirit will move and that those who don't know you will be convicted by your spirit and come running and ask, what must I do to be saved? And the Bible says is that all we need to do is confess with our mouths and receive you in our heart and we shall be saved. Thank you for life, thank you for worship, thank you for praise, and thank you for being our God. Thank you, God. Thank you again. Man.